Hey, Crossings Podcast community. This teaching is called Thank You, Sort Of, and Goodbye, Sort Of. It is the fifth and final teaching in Philippians' address rehearsal for the kingdom. It was taught by Molly Conaway on September 5th, 2021. Thanks for listening. So I'm not sure if any of you have been or are into the show, The Office, but there is this podcast out there called The Office Deep Dive by Brian Baumgartner, also known as Kevin from The Office. And one of his episodes, he's interviewing Steve Carell, so Michael Scott. And one of the things that Steve Carell talks about, Caleb brought this up this week, are the important moments in the scenes that none of us see. So these ensemble moments, when the characters, the cast, are sitting in character for hours and hours and hours. And they're never actually sure when they're being filmed. They're never actually sure if they're being filmed at all. But it just as as part of the background scenes, they keep playing their character. So this is on the screen. This is what Steve Carell says. He says, in this ensemble, people genuinely cared about each other. There were times when people would be in the background for an hour and just be seen in profile. While other scenes were taking place in the foreground, it worked because no one wanted to stick out. They just wanted to be a part of the unit. I mean, have you ever wondered about your place in the story, in the cast? And have you ever felt that maybe you're just waiting in the background of the shot, trying to do what you're supposed to be doing and and time keeps going by, but you're not actually sure like if the director's seeing it. You're not actually sure if the cast is with you or if you're with them. So we're studying this letter written by Paul, who was in prison to the church at Philippi. We're closing this study out today with chapter four of Philippians, where we're given this sneak peek, um, this scene of a faith community and the way they are trying to work out what it means to, to live out this life on earth as in heaven thing. So I don't, I don't know if you went to church. I went to church camp growing up and there was this horrifying thing actually now that I like think about it and say it out loud where you would get mail throughout the week and you'd be in the cafeteria eating lunch and they would give out the mail. And if you received three letters in a day, uh, that meant one of your letters would be opened and read publicly aloud to the cafeteria. I mean, usually all the letters were like from your mom and dad, so they didn't really have much like drama to it. But still, it was a horrifying thought as like a fifth grader to have your letter from your mom read out loud to the cafeteria. Anyway, this is what this is what's happening here. Like we are reading somebody else's mail. Uh, this is like what was happening. The church in Philippi was reading this letter most likely out loud to the community. You might like relate to this if you've ever passed a note in class and the teacher like caught you and snagged it and like read it out loud. I mean, it's it's kind of like horrifying thought, but but this letter was most likely read out loud to a community like this. Um, Paul's writing these final thoughts down, this final message to his friends about uh, how they might become more human together, how they might do this faith thing as a community in the world that they found themselves in. So, So this letter's open and read aloud to everybody. Here's what the final chapter says. This will be on the screen. 
I urge you, Euodia and Syntyche, to iron out their differences and make up. God doesn't want his children holding grudges and oh yes, Syzygis, since you're right there to help them work things out, do your best with them. These women worked for the message hand in hand with Clement and me and with the other veterans. They worked as hard as any of us. Remember, their names are also in the book of life. <laughs> so what Paul does in prison, he writes this letter to this church and he calls these two church ladies out by name in this public letter. Like, oh yeah, you and you, you need to knock it off. Like you need to figure it out. This, this kingdom of God is at hand here and I'm like sitting in prison. I'm probably gonna die because of all this. So you guys like in your community, you can work this out. This is like about acting out life on earth as it is in heaven. This is a dress rehearsal for the kingdom. So y'all can knock it off. And like, you wonder if everybody hearing this letter knows whatever was going on between these two ladies. And we're like, thank goodness somebody said it. Like maybe this was encouraging for the whole church to hear. And Paul tells them, look, I know it kind of like sucks to be around these two ladies right now and whatever drama is going on. But they've also done some important work for all of us, like including the kingdom of God. So like, just let it go. <laughs> Everybody just let it go. And I think my favorite thing about these two lines is that I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, we heard that Paul from prison sent his friend uh, Epaphroditus to, to the church. We called him Pappy to help things, to help things out, to help out this church at Philippi. So basically, Pappy goes back to Paul and tells on these two ladies, like the church gossip is happening since the beginning of the church. Paul goes on in this letter. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on the si their side. Working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. So there's all kinds of these t-shirt verses here uh, or like kids song verses. So rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Some of you know it. Um, don't worry about anything with prayer and tradition. Present your quests to God. These are verses that if you grew up in the church, you might be familiar with. Before Paul ends this letter, throwing out some of these last minute instructions or advice, I mean, this is like writing a letter to your kid who's going off to college based on what you know about them. What do they need to remember as they leave you or as you leave them? Again, this is about how this kingdom of God stuff is playing out in the real public life for this community. And the first thing Paul thinks they need to remember is to just like celebrate, rejoice in the Lord. This is not like a have a good attitude comment. This is not like smile, be happy, like no matter what, you got to pretend like it's all okay. Have a good attitude all the time. 
This isn't like a, a personal happiness deal. It's way bigger and more cosmic and communal than that. I mean, in the ancient world, every other god was having these festivals and celebrations. I mean, even Caesar had these games and these parties. Why, why shouldn't followers of Jesus also celebrate? I think one of the things Paul's letter to the Philippians is trying to tell them is something like, look, life together following Jesus can and should actually be enjoyable. Like have some parties, have a feast, dance around, pop some bottles. There's like actually some joy that comes with this Jesus deal. And it's brilliant because following up with this, he says, and, and while you're partying, while you're celebrating as a community, be gentle. Be gentle with the people who find themselves around you. Wherever they find themselves, like don't squash them or, or run over them, being overbearing with your celebration. Pay attention to what's going on with them and respond with gentleness. I mean, be alert to what's going on. But then he transitions, be alert, but don't be anxious. Like this isn't, this isn't a self-help scheme. Don't be anxious about everything. Here, the Greek word for anxious literally means divided mind. It's awesome, isn't it? And their mind is to be focused, not scattered or divided, not tossed to and fro by everyone else and everything going on. Don't let yourself have a divided mind, Paul is telling him. There's this direction for the chaos around you. There's a focus and a peace and a wholeness that comes when, when you like follow Jesus, when you're in Christ and when Christ's spirit is in them. And that direction is towards the one who actually ordered the chaos at the beginning of time. There's a direction that brings wholeness and unity to the division, like even the division of our, of our minds. I mean, seriously, people pay big money for this kind of stuff in the wellness, mindfulness, self-care sector. And it, and it actually comes right here. It comes from, comes from Jesus. Paul goes on, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true and noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. So we actually miss a little bit when we read this in, in the English we kind of lose a little bit of, of the translation. Here's how this is like laid out in the Greek. If anything is excellent or if anything is praiseworthy, think about such things, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, and then put into practice whatever you learned, whatever you received, whatever you heard, whatever you've seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. Paul's saying like, th 
think about these things, consider these things, give thought to these things. The kingdom of God is made up of these things. God's peace is about these virtues. Hang around these things long enough and, and they'll turn into action. Do you wanna know what God is like? Do you know where God has been? Pay attention to the things that are right, the things that are lovely. Maybe you'll find something there. And then the rest of this chapter, the rest of this letter is, <laughs> I imagine it to be super awkward when it was read out loud to the community. So there was this exchange that happened between Paul and this church at Philippi. And Paul's trying to say thank you for it, but he never actually says thank you. Uh, we imagine that there was some money exchange, but Paul never says like, thanks for the money. It's this whole weird thank you sort of thing. And it's, it's actually fascinating when you look into it and the way um, Paul is totally changing how the community of Jesus did things surrounding money and gifts and taking care of each other, like totally different way of life than the way the rest of the ancient world lived. And in this last section of chapter four, uh, Paul says one of probably the most quoted verses in Philippians, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Uh, some of you, like you like me, you grew up in the church, you have the song playing in your head, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Just need to go on record and say, I think that's three times that I've sang in one teaching. So I might be fired, but we'll just keep going. Uh, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Caleb said this week, this is not like Paul writing Philippians 4.13 on his baseball hat and hopes to get a home run. It's not like Christians are supposed to be these like out of this world superheroes. I mean, I think we've had enough of those. Paul's saying a lot has happened. So many things have happened. And he's learned this secret to what's going to get him through. In verse 10, it actually says he has learned the secret of how to become fully human, of how to do some things in the world around him. Another way this is written is that Paul has learned to be like self-sufficient in all things. He's learned to be content in the midst of everything happening. I mean, a life in Christ, he's saying, is a life that can be fully and wisely at home in the midst of all the complexities where there is no like divided mind. In the midst of the empire and the prison and everything else Paul is living through, he says, I've learned a secret of how to kind of move forward in all of this. You know, Rachel just told the story about the woman in the crowd like all the bustle of the crowd, she was able to, to focus on the one who would make her well. She knew the secret of what would make her whole. And Jesus and the bustle of the crowd and this ensemble of characters saw her and kind of focused the camera in for a few moments. Frederick Buechner says it this way. Paul does not deny that the worst things will happen finally to all of us, as indeed he must have had a strong suspicion that they were soon to happen to him. 
He does not try to minimize them. He does not try to explain them away as God's will or God's judgment or God's method of testing our spiritual fiber. He simply tells the Philippians that in spite of them, even in the thick of them, they are to keep in constant touch with the one who unimaginably transcends the worst things as he also unimaginably transcends the best. In everything, Paul says, they are to keep on praying. Come hell or high water, they are to keep on asking, keep on thanking, above all, keep on making themselves known. He does not promise them that as a result, they will be delivered from the worst things any more than Jesus himself was delivered from them. What he promises them instead is that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The worst things will surely happen no matter what, that is to be understood. But beyond all our power to understand, he writes, we will have peace both in heart and in mind. We are as sure to be put in trouble as the sparks fly upward, but we will also be in Christ, as he puts it. And ultimately, not even sorrow, loss, or death can get us there. So I wonder, like, what's the hardest part for you in all this? Is it the part where you maybe feel like you've been sitting as a character in the scene for a long time and you're starting to wonder if you even remember the storyline of the show? I mean, is it the part where you've had this anxiety, this divided mind for so long, you're not even sure what's good and right and true and lovely and pure to sit on? I mean, let's talk about it. Let's talk about you. Take some time with this. And what would happen if we as a community took the next two Sundays where we're not together in the square room to really think about the role it is we're playing in the scene. To really focus on maybe even put ourselves in this vulnerable place where Jesus sees us in the crowd and knows there's some healing and wholeness that needs to happen here. If you've got some bread or juice uh, around, you can grab it. If not, you can go get it. Because it's in holding this bread and this wine in our hands. It's breaking it apart. It's like feeling it on our tongue. It's like actually digesting it. That in this like crazy and weird and almost provocative way, we're reminded that Christ is actually in us. And we forget all the time. We're not sure what's right and true and good and lovely all the time. And week after week, we take this meal take this juice and this bread Jesus keeps saying like hey look over here look over here you'll forget it's okay just keep doing this thing together because it's in me it's by doing this together that you'll you'll remember what's right and true and good and noble and lovely so we invite you whenever you're ready to, to take this meal with us As always, if you have any questions about this teaching or are looking at different ways to engage in community here at Crossings, you can reach out to us at administration at crossingsknoxville.com.
If there's anything we can do to take care of you as you're listening from a distance, please let us know. Shalom.